Are you ready? You better get ready. Get ready to dive into the heart of local sports action. Broadcasting live from the heartland of Missouri. Welcome to the SEMO Scramble on SEMO ESPN. Get set. Because it's time to catch up on the latest local highlights, in-depth analysis, and interviews from the Blue Deal and beyond. Here we go. Welcome in. It is the SEMO Scramble here on SEMO ESPN Radio. Clay Harrell, Rusty Hendricks, glad to have you join us right here on SEMO ESPN. That's 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and online at SEMOESPN.com. Clay, we are back. I, uh, <laughs> I got lost, I think, coming in uh, to the, the station this morning. I went down the the wrong like alleyway, so I, I finally made it uh, into the right spot, though, and we're, we're back. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, it's uh, off last week. Uh, both of us, uh, you know, working remotely and, and working on some, some games. And uh, the week before, I was out of town again on on remote and trying to do it remotely. Uh, I don't think the show went off as planned a couple of weeks ago, but hey, that's all right. We'll back at it in studio today, and uh, should be a fun one. We have Derek James of the Standard Democrat. He's going to join us here in just a moment. We're going to talk high school hoops, Clay. Uh, we're going to focus on that Jackson-Cape game. Everyone had it circled at Cape Central. It was a packed house, so that should be fun. We'll talk with him about that. And then uh, coming on at 9.30, uh, is there something, some kind of special event going on Sunday, Clay? Do you know yeah, about Yeah, I think uh, the Waste Management Phoenix Open is supposed to conclude there <laughs> in the golf world. I can't think of anything else. Uh, maybe the Puppy Bowl or something's going on. I don't know. Oh, yeah, bowl, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Okay, that's going on Sunday. We're going to talk about that. Uh, the Chiefs and the 49ers, that should be a fun one. We'll get our take. But uh, at around 9.30, we're going to talk with the Sideline reporter, Clay, of the Chiefs Radio Network. And, of course, you can hear the game, the Westwood One uh, sound here on SEMO ESPN on Sunday. We'll have coverage all day long. We'll have all the pregame shows. You get it all day here on SEMO ESPN on Sunday. But on Real Rock 99.3, we'll have the Chiefs call uh, for the Super Bowl as well. And, again, Josh Klingler, the uh, sideline reporter, we'll talk with him and, and get his thoughts on the Chiefs' chance uh, to get the victory at around 9.30s. All right, so, Clay, let's jump into it. Oh, before I forget, Clay, also today, wait for the EBOMD ticket window to open. We have something special going on, Clay. Uh, we're giving away tickets. Giving away tickets, one pair of tickets here today. The Luke Bryan uh, tours going on as Luke Bryan's Mind of a Country Boy tour with special guest Larry Fleet, Chase Matthew, Alana Springsteen at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater on August the 28th. Uh, tickets are already on sale, and you can check that out on our website. But uh, check out throughout the uh, throughout the show today. So at some point, we'll open up the EBO ticket window and make sure and call in for a chance to uh, grab those tickets. That should be fun at the Hollywood Amphitheater in St. Louis uh, later this summer. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can you can get some tickets to a concert, I think uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is. It's been a couple weeks, Rusty. Let's just dive into some high school basketball. All right, let's do it. Let's uh, let's give you some scores from last night. There's a lot of good games going on. And how about this one? A three-overtime game. It was Leopold getting the victory over Bloomfield, 64-56. to uh, St. Vincent, 73-50 to winners over Grandview out of Hillsboro. Uh, big game at Jackson last night, Clay. 
as New Madrid County Central won 64-48 over Jackson. Oran, uh, they are winners over Scott County Central, 59-52. Scott City with a victory over Perryville in Perryville, 74-49. Charleston over, you know, pretty good Portageville team. They get the victory, 65-42. Saxony Lutheran victors over Oak Ridge, 71-41. They roll there. Uh, also, Kelly with a one-point win over East Prairie. That was a fun one, 51-50. Kelly over East Prairie. Uh, also a good one, kind of a, a rematch of the Stoddard County Tournament, Clay, the championship game in that tournament, Puxico and Richland. It was Richland who won the championship game of that tournament, but Puxico getting revenge, I guess you could say, winning 73-57. to uh, It was Haytai 73-33 over Holcomb, Dexter winning over Kennett 63-35, Malden 48-45 winners over Bernie. Uh, in the... Ozark Foothills Conference, Greenville winning over Neelyville, 70-63. The Tri-County Conference at Risco, Clay, a good one there. Risco, one of the better teams in Class 1. They win the championship game of that conference tournament, 70-50. to And then the big game of the night, it was Sykeston and Cape Central. Sykeston winning 70-47. to So a lot of good games, Clay, and it was a, it was a fun one last night. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think... You know, to say that Sykes and Cape was probably one of the most anticipated matchups might be an understatement, but then you look to Tuesday and you obviously have New Madrid and Sykes and matching up again. But last night, like, it was uh, the energy was there from really the opening tip of the JV game at around 6 o'clock. I mean, you could feel the energy. It was it was packed. Um, it was warm in there and it was loud, especially when varsity tipped. And, and really, the first four minutes, it was 5-5. Neither team really was able to get much going on the offensive end, but Sykes and engage defensively and, and really, you know, close that quarter on an eleven nothing run, take a sixteen to five lead and, and I thought and talking to Coach Hollifield after the game, like their defense to me was kind of the spearhead of everything that, that they did last night. And for me that was the first time I've got to see them play and, and I think, you know, in today's game a lot is made of offense, 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 but they dig in defensively, man, and it was impressive to watch them on the defensive end. You wanna hear Derek James's thoughts? Absolutely, absolutely. I got to catch up with Derek last night, and it was it was nice to finally get to talk with him. And yeah, I'm glad to have him join us here. All right, let's bring in Derek James of the Standard Democrat, and obviously he was there last night for Greg Hollifield's 500th win at Sykeston. And of course, again, the matchup that a lot of people had circled throughout the year: Sykeston at Cape. Sykeston getting the victory. Uh, so, Derek, what did you think about the game last night? Did it live up to the hype? Well, the atmosphere definitely did. That was an incredible atmosphere last night at Cape Central. That place was packed. Uh, it was loud. I mean, you couldn't even hear the buzzer going off. It was so loud in there. Uh, but as far as the game itself, uh, it was very intense. And, um, you know, we ended up pulling away there late. But it was a pretty good game for most of it. And we were able to kind of extend the lead there in the third and fourth quarter. But, uh we played very well, I thought. You know, we, we missed some shots early and that you know, we thought we could have hit, And but Cape has a lot to do with it. They're so athletic. Every time you go in for a layup, they're challenging it and have a chance to block it. So, But a uh, good game for us, and uh, we know that if we see Cape again, it'll be uh, a much different game again. Derek, I want to ask you, you know, as somebody that's you know seen this team all year long, what has been the biggest strides that this team has made on the defensive end? Because that was the first thing that jumped out to me is just how you know active they are defensively and, and how well they play on that end of the floor. Well, it's 
you know, we just we spend so much time on it in practice, just working on our defense, working on our positioning and helping and hedging. Uh, we've completely switched to man-to-man this year. If, if you've watched our teams for years and years, we've been a, a, 20, a 2-2-1 press back in the 2-3 zone. We've done that for a long, long time, and it's been very successful for us. But Hallfield thought that this team could be a really good man-to-man team, and that's what we've kind of hung our hat on this year. And, and I think it's paid off. It's really – we've put so much time into it, and our kids have bought into it. And, um, I mean, that as far as last night, last night was just kind of, that's kind of what we've been doing all year, you know. So, and I didn't know that we could turn them over. I think it was 22 turnovers we forced last night. I didn't know if we could do that. But, you know, it worked out in our favor last night, and hopefully we can keep it rolling. You know, Derek, there's another team that uh, was undefeated back in 2011. How much does this team remind you of that team? Uh <laughs> That 2011 team was so unique, you know. Um, it it reminds me in the in the way that we've you know run this through the schedule with several blowout wins, and we did have a really close game with New Madrid that could have gone either way back in December. But uh, that 2011 team kind of did the same thing, you know. They, they weren't there weren't a whole lot of close games. They've had they had one or two, and we kept thinking all year long. And I remember back in 2011, it's like. We need we need to have a close one so we know how to handle these these situations late in the game and it, it only happened once or twice <laughs> so we're kind of in the same boat this year so we we need some tough games and we actually have some very tough games coming up with uh, New Matter on on Tuesday and we go to Father Tolton who's just loaded up there in Columbia and uh, we got Jackson coming up you know and so we got some really tough ones coming but. You know, just to get back to your question, how, how much does it remind me? They're, they're very different. The personnel is different. But I will say defensively, they're very similar. That that 2011 team could really shut people down. And uh, this this team this year has that capability as well. Derek, I wanted to ask you, just in the final moments last night, one of the cool moments was kind of the Sykeston crowd that made the trip, you know, chanting Hollifield's name. How cool was that from your perspective, just to see him uh, honored for his 500th win? That was really cool, um, you know, and our fans love Coach Hollifield. I mean, he's been there for 26 years, which is just <laughs> remarkable. I can tell you, when he when he arrived in 1998, I was working at the Sam Democrat, and I did my first interview with him. I called him. He was living down, uh, I think it was in Kennett where he lived at the time, and I uh, called down there, and, and that was my first conversation. I had no idea that <laughs> he would still be around for 26 years later, but really cool, and and they, well, they had a big poster made up, and we had a team, team kind of a team photo with that poster last night uh, for his 500th win at Sykeston. You know, he he's actually approaching 600 in his career, you know, which could happen this year if we win a few more games, but just really neat, and the fans just really came out in strength last night. That was pretty cool. You know, currently in Class 5, the top five teams in the latest uh, coaches poll, Sykeston number one, St. Mary's, uh, number two, we saw them take on Cape in the Charleston shootout. That was a, you know, they showed how good they are. Ledoux in class, or number three, Webster Groves four, and DeSmet five. So there's some good teams, but I don't know, in your opinion, you know, Derek, how good of a shot does this team have to, you know, make it to state and maybe win it, win another state championship? I I think it's in our hands. Um, it just depends on how well we play. Uh, there are some really good teams. There's, that's true. Um 
you know, we, we, we're not looking at any of those teams that, are, that you mentioned in state. We know of them. We're very aware of them and, and their personnel. But our focus is always, as it is every year, on the district tournament because it doesn't matter, you know, what those teams do if you can't make it out of your district. Uh, and, you know, you got Cape Central standing there again, and they were pretty close to full strength last night. And we know the next time we see them, if we see them, it'll be they'll make adjustments, and we will have to make adjustments, and it'll be a totally different type of game than what you saw last night. And also you got Popper Bluff in there. They're dangerous. Hillsboro and Farmington and a few of those guys. So, and the district's at North County again this year. So, um, it'd be, you know, we'll have to be on a neutral court, which is fine with us. But uh, to answer your question, I, I think we have a chance. I mean, we, again, we have to get through that district. And then if we win that, the new rule this year is you, you will travel. They have host schools, no more neutral site for the quarterfinal matchup after uh, districts. So we would go to wherever in St. Louis if we won our district. It'd be Bionni or somebody like that. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I think St. Mary's or Ladue is in that next district as well, which is also a loaded district. But this team is, we have all the pieces needed if we stay healthy and keep working as hard as we can in practice, trying to get better every single day. There's always things to work on. And this team has a chance to do anything that we, set our minds to and set our goals to. All right, I want to touch on a couple of other games here with Clay Harold. Derek, we'll kind of circle back, but uh, Risco having an excellent season in Class 1, Clay. They continue to win. They got that win over Cooter. Uh, they're going to be a fun team, and I think they're a team that can maybe make a run in Class 1, but another team in, in Class 2, Puxico, um, they're number one, already the number one seed in their district that came out this past week. They get a win again. A rebound win over Richland, 73-57. Uh, Landon Burchard, 38 points and five rebounds in the victory. Jaden Mitchell with 10 points in that one. Uh, Tucker Hughes, a very good player for Richland. He scored 20 points, eight rebounds, and then Jaden Pope with 14 points. So, you know, Richland's a team to watch out for here down the stretch, as is Puxico. Uh, it was nice to see also last night our, our guy Mark Dannemuller of Scott City picking up his 200th win in his career. Clay did that at Perryville, so that was a nice accomplishment for him. Uh, but the game of the night, other than Sykeston and Cape, was New Madrid and Jackson. Um, you know, I think Jackson, with having without Blaine Harris this year, and Derek, you can jump into this as well, that has greatly helped them because I think it, it's prepared a lot of their other guys uh, throughout the season. And now Blaine Harris steps in, and you have that duo with, with, with Deck and Harris now and along with uh, their supplementary pieces that making them a very good team. But, Man, I mean, New Madrid, it seems like every test down the road, they just continue to pass it. I mean, they have played a absolutely gaunting schedule this year, and they just keep winning. So it's pretty amazing what they've done. And they got get the win again last night over Jackson, 64-48. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, even talking to Derek here, Sykes is coming up, New Madrid Tuesday, and then I think there's a game in between there, but then Jackson on Friday. So a couple tough tests for them coming up. I mean, it's definitely, this is the best time of the year in my mind. We're getting close to, to district play. You're getting some of these marquee matchups. I mean, what more could what more could we want as, as fans of basketball in this area? I, I agree, Clay. And we uh, you, The game in between you mentioned is Crowsville. So we have New Matter Tuesday, Crowsville Thursday, and then Jackson Friday. So a pretty full week this week for us. But uh, New Matter is very dangerous. They have 
as you know, Jadis Jones and B.J. Williamson and A.J. Ruff are their seniors, and we've known those guys for years. We had a just a extremely exciting game at the Fieldhouse back in the uh, tournament in December, but we know that'll be very difficult. I mean, that I can't tell you the last time there was a number one team in in, each, in their respective classes that played this late in the year right. in a regular season. That's I, it's probably happened, but I can't think of the last time something like that has happened. So uh, pretty. Pretty exciting game Tuesday, and I'm sure it'll be just an overflow crowd. And as for Jackson, uh, yeah, Blaine Harris, I've, I've watched him for years. His dad, Justin Harris, I went to school with in high school, and so it, I'm real, well aware of those guys and Jackson. And they, I mean, they could make noise in their class for sure. Blaine is, in my opinion, a collegiate prospect, and totally changes their team once he came back. And I'm glad to see that he's back from his injury in full strength. He's a really nice kid, and I think they they could make some noise come uh, postseason. Now, this is a topic, too, Derek, is uh, just a couple minutes here, and we'll go to break, but a topic that I've seen on message boards and talked throughout to different people. So I want to get your thoughts as well. But Jadis Jones, you know, I think he's no doubt the best player in the area. Look, there's a lot to pick from. Sykeston has, obviously, a lot of great players capable to Jackson, I mean, you name it. There's a lot of good players in the area, some D1 players. But I think Jadis Jones, in my opinion, Derek, he's the best player in our area since Fred Thatch out of Sykeston. But I want to get your opinion. What do you think about about Jadis and how good of a player that he really is? I totally agree with you. He's he's just a dominant force. You know, every, every game he produces, it's, he doesn't take a day off. Every time that ball is tipped, he is there to play and I love his effort. I think he's got a great attitude. I, mean, I think he – I know he reopened his recruiting for uh, – and I think he's looking towards basketball. I've never spoken to him personally, but, you know, I, I know he signed with football starting out, but I think, you know, I think he could he, he could play collegiate basketball, and he's getting better with his ball handling. He's getting better with his shooting. That's always been kind of the knock on him is he's not a great shooter, but he's gotten better at that. And he's clearly an absolute – force athletically you know there's i mean he is clearly a division one athlete so i think he's i, I agree with you he's the best i've seen around here maybe since fred you know um just a totally dominant force that shows up every night and his teammate bj williamson in my opinion he's he's a division one level athlete as well I mean, that, that guy is unbelievable yes i mean every time we've talked about me mattered you know, amongst coaching staff, but well, how are we going to slow him down? <laughs> so they got two of them that are a major problem that we'll have to deal with on Tuesday. All right. Well, Derek, it's been fun talking to you this morning. We're going to look forward, no doubt, uh, to watching New Madrid County Central and Sykeston on Tuesday night and to see how far that Sykeston can go this year in postseason play. So appreciate the time here this morning and appreciate your perspective as well. All right. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you bet. All right, that was uh, Derek James Clay here on the SEMO Scramble. Anything to add there before we go to break? No, I uh, I am just excited for Tuesday. I, uh, I'm i assuming that that game will be streamed somewhere, so uh, I'm looking forward to being able to watch that that night because I think the game I cover is pretty early that night. So I'm not going to deal with the, the, the overflow crowds because I can guarantee it just from the from what I saw leaving that night after uh, the third-place game, the line was wrapped around the building yeah. to get in for that game. And I can imagine... Like Derek said, with both teams being number one in their class at this point in the season, I imagine it's going to be that times about 100. So 
going to be an awesome one Tuesday night. And uh, fans of this area that are lucky enough to go, I mean, enjoy it because it's going to be outstanding. You will be able to listen to the game on the radio on one of our sister stations. That's KSIM, 1400 AM, 101.7 FM. You can listen online. That's KZIM, KSIM.com. All right, we're going to take a break. Be back. We're going to talk a little St. Louis Blues hockey and maybe a touch on the Super Bowl as well. We'll be right back. Welcome back in. It's the SEMO Scramble here on SEMO ESPN Radio. And, well, Clay, the uh, St. Louis Blues have been off All-Star break, and their first game back is today. They play at noon against the Buffalo Buffaloes, right, the Buffalo Sabres. Um, so the lone All-Star for the Blues, Robert Thomas, who's got to, was able to compete in that. Nice to see him at the All-Star festivities. And so, look, it was a... Up and down, I guess you could say. First half for the St. Louis Blues. Obviously, uh, kind of the highlight of the first half, uh, we saw new coaching staff come into the place. Uh, Craig Berube uh, was let go. And look, you know, we saw the Blues have some streaks where they played really well. We've had some streaks where they haven't. So what is your assessment of the first half of play for the Blues? Uh, I mean, if you go back and listen to the way we were talking when Berube was fired, I mean, looking where they're at now, it, I mean, to me it's a huge success. They're in a playoff spot. They're, I think, five games above 500. I think 26, 21, and 4. So, to me, I mean, huge success if you're a Blues fan. Um, tough one today, though. The, the Sabres, their record isn't there, uh, but they got some talent. Tage Thompson, the former Blue. Casey Middlestat's having a great year. Uh, Ross Mastalin on defense. I mean, that's a tough team, and especially going into Buffalo. And those afternoon games, they always kind of feel like trap games a little bit. So, it'll be, it'll be important for them to get a good start in the first couple minutes of the first period. So, what should the goal be for the second half? Of this season for the Blues, in your opinion? I mean, look. I mean, at this point, you're you're if you're going for a playoff spot, it's got to be a wild card. You're 11 points behind Winnipeg, who's third in the Central. They have 65 points. It's not going to happen. But you're kind of you know in that wild card spot. You got two in the games, mix. You got two games at hand right now on uh, Nashville and Calgary, who are both kind of right behind you. There, Nashville's got 54 points, same as you. But uh, I think you got to go go for that wild card spot. Obviously, LA is holding that first wild card right now. But I mean, if, if they get in, great. I, I think there's no expectation that this is like 2019 where they get in. And I mean, it looks like right now, if the playoffs started, they'd play Vancouver. Good I think, luck. I think they. I honestly would rather play Vancouver than Dallas or Colorado. But uh, I mean, yeah, any team you play in that spot is just going to come down to a good luck because you get the second wild card. Odds really aren't in your favor. Do you foresee GM Doug Armstrong adding? Like, I mean, an, an, an ancillary piece. I'm not talking about, you know, a big-time player that can make an impact, but it, something like what they did the year before, like a waiver pickup with a Jacob Verana, um, you know, capping in something like that. Could you see them adding? Or do you even, I don't know, is there a guy that you could see them trade away? I don't, so I I think the only way in my mind that they add is if there's a guy that they feel like can, that comes available that can shore up the defense for five, six years down the road. I'm like, I can't remember off the top of my head, I should know this, if Noah Hannafin got dealt yet or not. Uh, but that was a guy that was really talked about, like, if you go and acquire him, you're not doing it to win now, but that's because that's a guy that comes in and he impacts your defense for five to six years down the road. Other than that, like, 
I don't think you move anybody out. You're not in a terrible spot. You're just kind of, you know, you're middling. You're in the mix a little bit. And I think that's kind of what we said all year. They're in the worst spot a professional sports franchise can be. You're not a contender and you're not a bottom feeder. So yeah. you're kind of seeing the epitome of that right now. And I think you just kind of got to stand pat. Wait. I mean, Snuggerud, I think, has, there's been some talk of maybe him coming over after the Frozen Four. So get a guy like that in the lineup, he's probably not going to rip it up like he has in college. But, you know, Love you, just, to see it. you got to wait on, on some of your young guys, the Dvorskis, the Stenbergs, the Lindstein, Snuggerud, obviously. I mean, it's just going to be a couple years. And as much as that's painful to say for, for Blues fans, that's kind of what it is at this point. All right. So that should be fun. We'll take a look at that again at noon here this afternoon. Um uh, all right, something going on on Sunday. That's the Super Bowl. The 49ers and the Chiefs. 49ers, Clay, they're favored by one and a half. So they've been favored in every game this year in the postseason. But uh, I want to ask about, you know, the Super Bowl party, right? That there's They said, uh, uh, I think, one in four adults um, will be placing a bet on this game at some, you know, at some point. And also, you know, I mean, I forget how many, you know, millions and millions of viewers this is, but it's, it's literally the one inv- event where the whole whole nation is going to be watching at the same time. So watching for commercials and obviously having the spread. So what is your spread? I mean, I, I like to go with the appetizer type food, but what, what's your spread for the Super Bowl? Before I reveal this information, I'm just going to start a petition that Monday needs to be off. Like we, we don't I need agree. to be going into work yeah. after the National Super Bowl. holiday. So anyways. Tomorrow, going with like some Pizza Hut pizza, but then I think you gotta you gotta have a good snack, like maybe like some pretzels. Uh, my mom always made spicy pretzels. I know my mom's listening, so shout out to shout out to mom. Spicy pretzels, underrated snack. Um, but I don't know. Tomorrow it's just uh, Rachel and I, my girlfriend. So I don't really think we're gonna go too crazy with the food because there's only two of us. But Pizza Hut, maybe a cookie cake. I don't know. Just gonna watch cookie a good cake. Food. That's a nice That's, dessert play. I good, like that. It's a good snack. Anyways, and let me tell you too, if you're betting on this game. If you're one of those one and four, as you mentioned, just do the opposite of what I tell, what I say my prediction is. I promise you, you'll win money. Uh, yeah. All right. We talked about it off air, but what kind of neat prop bet bets are, are you interested in? Not necessarily your betting. I don't want to get into that, but just uh, something you're interested in. My my favorite every year is the Gatorade color, but I also like the, I like the heads or tails bet because it's so it's such a dumb bet. It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. I love that bet though, and then I love the the national anthem. I just like seeing what like. The reaction videos of people that bet. I don't bet on this stuff. I, I we're in Missouri. We can't exactly obviously do that. But um, I just I love seeing the the people like the reaction on TikTok or Facebook or whatever. Like those are my favorite bets. And we were talking about the Gatorade color. Red seems like the obvious answer since both of them you would have think. red. But I was laughing like it'll probably be green or something like that. <laughs> Throw so them off. We'll see. Uh, do you pay attention to the commercials at all? I mean, <laughs> yeah, seven absolutely. seven million dollars for companies. To produce a thirty-second commercial, so we have we have our ad right. Yeah, it'll, yeah it'll be up there. It'll be up there. <laughs> no, I think the commercials are great. Like I think that's, I mean, I, my favorite thing is always just like remembering which ones were, were the the best. And obviously, uh, I think some years they're better than others. But yeah, I think I mean, if you're watching the Super Bowl, whether you're watching it for the football or not, you're at least kind of paying attention more to the commercials than you would if it was Week 13 and you know you're sitting on your couch watching Sunday football. All right, real quick before we go to break. I'm, I am a, how would you say it? Used to be a Rams fan, okay? Used to be a Rams fan after they left. Uh, they kind of ripped my heart out. So I am a transplant Chiefs fan now. Um, so I, I have to go with the Chiefs. And I, 
you can't you can't go against Patrick Mahomes when he's done. So I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I'm I'm going for the Chiefs. Um, I would say final score somewhere like twenty four to twenty is what I would guess. But uh, what what is your your take on the Chiefs Forty Nine ers? So your I I am I do not have a favorite NFL team. I root for my fantasy football team, which this year we made it to the championship and we lost again. No big deal. But I did have Mahomes and Kelsey this year, so I feel like I, I bet against Mahomes, I think, a couple times. <laughs> I've picked against him almost every week, I think. Uh, so I'm going to – I can't do it again. Uh, he's proved me wrong every round in the playoffs so far. So I'm going to roll with the Chiefs here. Um, and I think it's uh, 35-31 is your final score. Super Bowl MVP, Isaiah Pacheco. Wow, Pacheco. Okay, I like that. I like that. So we'll see if uh, Pacheco – is the guy that gets it done for the Chiefs. So, all right, we're going to talk, Clay, with the sideline reporter for the Chiefs Radio Network, Josh Klingler. He's coming up next, so make sure and stay tuned. Get his thoughts on the Super Bowl and the chances for the Kansas City Chiefs to hoist the trophy. We'll take a break. Be right back. You're listening to the CMO Scramble. All right, Usher, the uh, halftime performer for the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. That should be fun. It's the SEMO Scramble here on SEMO ESPN Radio. Clay Harrell, Rusty Hendricks, and we are happy to be joined now on the hotline by Josh Klingler, the announcer, the sideline reporter for the Chiefs Radio Network. He's also co-host from 6 to 10 a.m. on 610 Sports Radio KCSB in Kansas City. So, Josh, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, what do you think? Any chance we hear that song by Usher? <laughs> I, I suppose if you don't, he's doing it wrong, right? Right, I mean, right. You've got you to you play the hits, I think, at the Super Bowl. You don't mess around with, here's my new stuff. So, yeah, I think, I, think, I think there's a pretty good chance. I don't know. There's probably a prop bet for that, too, somewhere. Oh, absolutely. But, absolutely yeah. there is, of course. every There's a prop bet for everything. Of course, <laughs> being in Vegas, there's probably even more of them. But uh, i got to ask you, you know, with the Super Bowl being in Las Vegas, how has Super Bowl week been? Uh, how would you compare it to others? I mean, how, you know, how fun has it been in Vegas? And hopefully uh, it hasn't gotten too crazy out there. Well, I've got I arrived late in the week, so okay. I've I've avoided most of it. And then the team stays um, thirty minutes outside of Vegas, so um, out near Henderson, Nevada. So they've stayed away from most of the uh, the chaos as well. But um, I think the the prices I think are the biggest jump this year. Um, I confluence of things probably the first time in Vegas, which has the highest pretty much NFL ticket anyway uh, to to go see games, you know, in the Raiders facility, and then. Um, you know, I think having having the Chiefs and, and, and the Niners, who both have really good traveling fan bases, have really kind of driven the prices up. And so it'll be interesting to see if it ends up being more corporate. Um, I think over the last few years when the Chiefs have been in it, I have been pleasantly surprised there's more, you know, kind of general fans in Super Bowls than, than some previous years. But I don't know if this one's going to be the case or not. The prices are so high for this one. So, um, And then you have, yeah, every other uh, entertainment NFL player, uh, pseudo celebrity that's uh, that's rolling into town at some point in time. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's. I don't know. Is it normal Vegas or is it just Vegas plus one? I'm not sure. 
exactly. It might be about the same as a, a normal weekend, frankly, in Vegas. But no, they're used to so many different events, and there's tons of events throughout the week. That's what makes it unique. We've always talked about, hey, it'd be great to host a Super Bowl um, in Kansas City one day. And and uh, the thought would be, well, we just have the entire town be at the Super Bowl. I, I don't think the entire town's the Super Bowl. If you go to Vegas, it wasn't uh, in New York a, a few years ago. Uh, Miami was also kind of like everything else was happening. And there was a game. So it's just kind of unique when you go to places like this. That it's, uh, it, it's a big focus. Don't get me wrong, but it might not be the number one. <laughs> Josh, i got to ask you, you know, you've seen the Chiefs play in a Super Bowl in Miami, Tampa, Glendale, now, you know, Vegas tomorrow. Is there a venue that, you know, of those four that have maybe done it the best? Obviously, we've yet to see the game tomorrow night. But of those four, have any jumped out at you in terms of the atmosphere and just kind of maybe – the buzz around the city? Yeah, I mean, the atmosphere in Miami was great, um, and that was the San Francisco matchup, obviously. And both teams had a ton of fans. Both teams kind of hadn't been there. Uh, I mean, well, San Francisco had been there, but not not all that recently. And obviously we know that that was the first appearance for the Chiefs in, since the early on. So in terms of the number of people that went, Tampa game was weird because that was the COVID uh, year and half the stadium was empty. And there was a lot of Tampa fans in their home stadium and cardboard cutouts. So that one was that one was weird. Um, last year was obviously in, in Arizona, and you had those two teams in the hype, and the game was uh, probably overshadowed the rest of it. So that was cool too because the game was the was the selling point. Um, Allegiant Stadium in in Vegas is really really cool. So um, I know a lot of Chiefs fans will come out, you know, for the regular season game, and it's a it's a, it's a popular visitor destination for games even. Um, it's a, just a really cool venue. I hate to say it because it's, it's hard to say something nice about the Raiders, but uh, their building is really, really nice. And so they, they put on a show. They make it Vegas-like when you're here for a regular season game. So i got to imagine it's going to be uh, pretty uh, pretty pumped up for, uh, for a Super Bowl, too. All right, once again, talking things over with Josh Klingler, the sideline reporter for the Chiefs Radio Network. And, of course, you can listen to the Super Bowl on Sunday on Real Rock 99.3 and also – uh, we'll have all the Super Bowl coverage right here on SEMO ESPN beforehand and the, the West One, uh, Westwood One call as well. But, uh, Josh, I want to touch on uh, you know the injuries. The, give us the latest injury report. Sounds like Joe Tooney, unfortunately, unable to play. How big of a loss that would be. Rasheed Rice uh, looks like he should be good to go, but give us the latest injury report. Yeah, certainly Tooney. I didn't, I didn't like that one from the get-go. Um, I know he was going to try to get back in. Uh, good news is you do have a veteran in Nick Allegretti who's played, actually is, is played in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, he's a guy that's been uh, a valuable backup uh, the last couple of years, but uh, he's got a ton of experience, played really well, I thought, in the, uh, the AFC Championship game. So it's no knock on Joe Tooney, who I think is the best Chiefs offensive lineman. You say that, um, you know, not flippantly, that he's you're going to have your – Best offensive lineman not playing, but I think Allegretti is a nice uh, fill-in in in that in that role. So hopefully you won't notice anything come come Sunday. Um, Rashi Rice, yeah, I think he's going to be good to go. I think that was kind of a precautionary push on the uh, on the injury front. And then uh, Jerk McKinnon's the other one to watch. He's been on injured reserve. Um, Andy Reid said earlier in the week. Now he started practicing again, but wasn't going to practice early. He was listed as limited. Now he's listed as questionable. Um, he was the guy who was so good for them last year during the uh, the end of season push and into the playoffs that it would be fun to get him back into the mix at running back if he can give it a go. Uh, so that's the one I'm probably watching the most. Uh, Willie Gay, everything seems to be trending for him to be playing again after uh, really missing the last two playoff games. I know he really wanted to, to get back out there, and so 
you know, about as healthy as you can expect this time of the year. Um, and maybe a little bit better in a couple of ways. If you get McKinnon back, that's, that's an addition to a guy that was injured. So hopefully uh, no impact on the, on the, on the game itself. And we have just as many people out there as you can, but um, considering that the time of the year and the grind that a season is, I don't think they're in too bad a shape. Does this feel, you know, obviously the first Chiefs, the start of this run was a, a Super Bowl win against the 49ers. Is this kind of like a full circle moment a little bit for the Chiefs? Obviously, Mahomes is so much more experienced. Uh, I mean, the whole the whole group obviously going to kind of maybe complete this dynasty run. Has that kind of maybe been the vibe around the team this week? Well, I think being the underdog didn't hurt. Um, you know, I think they, there's, they're not always going to be able to fuel off something. Uh, a lot of times they're the favorites. Most of the times they're the favorites, certainly during this run. And so... To come out as kind of the underdog, I think kind of fired them up a little bit. Um, San Francisco had more uh, vocal people at the opening night on Monday night. Um, they completely owned the building. If you caught any caught any of that on Monday, I thought, okay, cool, that helps. I, they're playing with a little little you know chip on their shoulder. A team that was kind of counted out to a certain extent, or at least people were saying, well, this wasn't uh, didn't look like the makings of a team that could go all the way. And I think that that has been some some great fuel. Again, it's not always going to happen. The Chiefs are the favorite so much, but I think they're playing, trying to play this underdog role uh, this week. And uh, also, this is a team that's really not content to be just in this game. Uh, a lot of times I think you can get to the Super Bowl and say, hey, if we win it, that'd be great. This team is on a mission to get to the Super Bowl and win it. Um, practices have been pretty intense this week, um, according to – According to folks, as uh, they you know they do practice kind of behind closed doors, but it's been a little chippy, and guys are getting after each other. And I think that they're uh, they're pretty feisty and, and ready to go for this one. So it should be it should be fun to see them come out and and try to you know play like they have through the entire postseason. The regular season certainly offensively wasn't perfect, but they really dialed it in during the uh, the postseason. The quarterback's been playing great. He's been finding the guys he could trust in the offense, and uh, hopefully there's one more in them. So, again, talking things over with Josh Klingler. You can follow him on Twitter slash X at Josh Klingler. And, uh, Josh, look, if you're a Chiefs fan, what aspect of the 49ers makes you most nervous? Maybe uh, the run game offense for them or or maybe the pass rush on defense. What kind of makes you the most nervous if you're a Chiefs fan? I think it's Christian McCaffrey and how uh, how involved he becomes. I think – we can point to some other games in the in the postseason and, and kind of scratch your head a little bit about what teams were trying to do offensively. Look, the Chiefs' defense is very, very good. They've been the story all season long, and, and they're going to have to be again. Um, I think if if uh, they don't look like they've looked the rest of the regular season, it's going to be kind of largely forgotten how good this defense was. I, I would love to see them be the story of the game when this thing ends, that they're the ones that kind of close things out on a terrific defensive year, and that. I think that comes with trying to trying to slow down Christian McCaffrey. I don't think he can become the the factor in the run game and in the pass game. Um, two games ago against Buffalo, Chiefs gave up 180 plus yards rushing. That can't happen again. Uh, they have at times had had some problems with uh, running back catching the ball out of the backfield. That can't happen. So uh, a lot of it to the guys up front and the linebackers to keep McCaffrey in check. Easier said than done, but he I think is is a definitive person in that offense that could make it a long day for the Chiefs. Josh, we were talking about it uh, just before our last break, just you know, kind of talking about the game, and I brought up Isaiah Pacheco. Is that a guy that you think could maybe be an X factor? You saw the way the Lions ran on the, the 49ers there in the first half, especially uh, a couple weeks ago. So is Pacheco a guy that you could envision maybe being an, an X factor for this team? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this, this particular offense, this year's offense only, um, runs better uh, when he is the balancer, that, that, that they can run the football and then – 
throw out of it. And if you're getting good chunks on first and second down, putting yourself in short passing situations, maybe on third down, I think this is where this team, this particular Chiefs team, not not the past ones that could seemingly throw it all over the yard, but this team, I think, really functions well when he's going in the run game. So, yeah, need to get him off to a, to a good start, give the offense the uh, ability and want to to continue to run the football. If they see him going with success early, they'll tend to kind of stay with it a little bit more. And so, yeah, I think he's a, he's a big factor. I think both running backs are big factors on how uh, kind of their offenses get going on Sunday. So, Josh, how do you foresee this game going? Um, you know, for, for the Chiefs to win, what do they need to do? Well, I, I again, I think this is going to be a defensive battle. I think that the, the, the defensive numbers for the entire season would point to that. I think the Chiefs' defensive numbers would, would point to that. Keeping, keeping a game in the, uh, the low to mid-20s, I think, really does benefit um, the, the Chiefs in this one. And, and I think whoever kind of can be the most efficient offensively against two pretty good defenses. I think the, I think the Chiefs have some opportunities to take advantage of things with the San Francisco defense. I can't say that necessarily with San Francisco, that there are some things you can take advantage of uh, against the, the Chiefs defense. They have kind of risen to the occasion time and time again. So I think it's kind of one of those games where it's kind of the first team to 20 um, has the best shot to win this. I don't, I don't see this going uh, high scoring. Um, I think that's, that would be, to me, that would be disrespectful to the Chiefs defense. <laughs> again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of what they've done this year. They've been overshadowed a lot. and They always will be by Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and certainly Taylor Swift and all that stuff that's been going on this year. But this Chiefs defense has been really the story of this season, and I'd love to see them be the uh, the difference in this one. Josh, is this like, you know, from your experience covering Super Bowls, is this like the longest day, kind of just waiting for, for Sunday evening? Like, I feel like the Saturday maybe feels like it would drag a little bit for those anticipating Sunday's matchup. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why, and maybe it's just, you know, a, uh, right now bias. I feel like this has been the longest week. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm just ready to play and i'm sure they are too it's like let's all stop talking about this game we got here playing and we still got you know uh, a day plus to be able to do that so yeah it's 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 this one i think they get shut down basically after thursday the players do and so all the media obligations are, are kind of monday tuesday wednesday thursday which is a lot and and frankly to me probably too much but they get shut down on thursday and then kind of hone in uh, for the rest of the uh, the weekend. But, yeah, I mean, today is the day you get all the anticipation and probably, you know, the game planning's all done, right? And so you're just basically uh, you're staying off your feet. You're doing some meetings. You're probably trying not to think ahead too much. And so, yeah, this, this for everybody involved, I think it ends up being a super long day to get all the way to uh, to tomorrow afternoon. All right, good stuff here from Josh Klingler. Really appreciate the time. I know you've gotten up early there in Las Vegas to talk to us, so thank you, thank you so much for the time this morning and really appreciate your work on the Chiefs Radio Network and uh, just good luck on the call on Sunday and uh, we'll be watching. It'll be fun. We'll be tuned hey, in. We can, re- we can rest after, well, after the parade. Let's do that. Let's rest <laughs> there we after go. next week's championship parade. We can worry about it then. All right, Josh, take care, man. Have a good one. Thanks, ha- guys. Appreciate it. All right, Josh Klingler on the Chiefs Radio Network. Appreciate him. What do you think, Clay? Uh, getting a little more inside information. Uh, does that sway you anymore? Oh, dude, I'm all in on the Chiefs now. Josh <laughs> convinced me, man. Chiefs by 50 tomorrow night. <laughs> okay, he did say it was a low, probably going to be a defensive <laughs> battle, but okay, okay. But no, uh, he does great work, and I appreciate him. Of course, Mitch Holtis, uh, Hall of Fame uh, broadcaster for the Chiefs Radio Network. And again, you can listen to that game on Real Rock 99.3. We'll have the Chiefs radio call on uh, on Sunday for the Super Bowl. And, again, you can listen right here on SEMO ESPN all afternoon long uh, for Super Bowl coverage. 
Uh, and also the Westwood One call here on SEMO ESPN. So if you want a more neutral call, you can get that one. If you want more of a Chiefs-leaned Chiefs, uh, Chiefs lean call, obviously, uh, Row Rock 99.3. So should be a fun one, Clay. Looking forward to it. Obviously, a lot of anticipation, like he said, and I feel the same way. Let's. I'm just ready for it. Let's get yeah. it going. Yeah, I mean, it. Ha- he's right. As somebody like football is not really the main sport I follow, but just as somebody that obviously like I follow week by week, I just don't have a team. I'm just ready to see the Super Bowl kick off. It does feel like there's just been so much talk and so much chatter. It's like let's just let's kick the ball and let's get going. All right. So appreciate his time and for Josh Klingler than the Chiefs Radio Network. All right, folks, we have something to do. It is time. The EBOMD ticket window is open. We're going to give away one pair of Luke Bryan tickets here during the break. So be the first caller. And again, a chance to win Luke Bryan's Mind of a Country Boy tour with special guests Larry Fleet, Chase Matthew, and Elena Springsteen at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater on August the 28th. So the EBOMD phone lines are open for your chance to score tickets. So call 573-334-1220, 573-334-1220 for your chance to win Luke Bryan tickets. Bottom of a bottle, pour out a shot for you, I can feel by my side You see the man upstairs says you're going somewhere Cause you live and then you gotta die Looking up high, I know just why the sky's so bright tonight Cause every single star is somebody we love And we never have to say goodbye The legends never All right, welcome back to the SEMO Scramble here on SEMO ESPN Radio, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and online at SEMO So we have a winner for the one pair of tickets to Luke Bryan. And congratulations to Elisa Kennedy of Rockwood, Illinois. She uh, was listening in this morning. Appreciate her. And congratulations on the winner here this morning. All right. So Clay, let's uh let's turn to a little SEMO athletics. It's you know it's kind of a good time for SEMO. A lot of different sports just beginning. You have some kind of closing out towards the end of the year, so kind of that crossover time, if you will. But uh I want to touch on SEMO softball. They got started here this uh weekend and two big wins uh, yesterday, and they get it done uh, seven to five over Stony Brook, a big victory there, and then also in game two, a victory seven to four over FIU. So they're a team that was picked first, okay, in the OVC, and a team that you know could could maybe do some some big things this year. Semo softball should be fun to watch. I mean, they're always fun to watch. I mean, they are always just so well coached. They always just seem to reload with talent every year. I mean. I enjoy getting out to watch them play and getting to cover them. Uh, so I'm excited for them to return home. I'm excited for baseball to get going here. And we still got basketball, track, and field had a big weekend. I mean, it's I mean, outstanding stuff from SEMO Athletics here in the last couple of days. Absolutely. Should be a fun one. SEMO uh, track and field, you mentioned it. They shine in Alabama on their meet. 
There were eight first-place performances, 50 top-10 finishes, and 11 new personal records. Um, so, again, the track and field team, another squad for SEMO that seems to always be in the mix uh, to, to doing great things. Uh, Taylor Fox kind of headlining it as Taylor Fox. Uh, she ended up um, breaking the SEMO mile record in back-to-back meets. She did it last week. And she did it again. This Think about this. Four minutes and 48-second mile. I couldn't even sniff that. I couldn't even oh, think about that. You could, you could add, like, a couple ones in front of that for my mile right now, Rusty. I'm out of shape. But, yeah, that, I mean, that is incredible. So Absolutely that, incredible. So then she ended up going four minutes and 47. Or four hours 40. Yeah, four, 447 on her, her mile. So how about that? I mean, just amazing. And, again, just an all-around great meet for SEMO track and field. Um, SEMO basketball with a doubleheader today. We saw the SEMO men clay. Boy, boy, did they finally get the monkey off their back and get a big win on Thursday night. It's been a tough one, though, for the SEMO women as they have lost five straight. So they'll play today at 1.30. You can hear that. The SEMO women uh, here on SEMO ESPN Radio. And then for the men on Real Rock 99.3 at around 3.45. We do want to wish... Head coach Rika Patterson, a happy birthday. Birthday girl today, so happy birthday to Rika Patterson. And hopefully the SEMO the women can get back on track here, Clay. Yeah, I, you know, happy birthday to Coach Patterson. Uh, talking to her, though, the other night after after that game against Tennessee Tech, they played pretty well the last 15 minutes of the game. Like, I, I felt like talking, Too talking, big of a hole. talking to Coach Patterson, talking to Alicia Doyle, who had 31 points in that loss, like, they kind of made it a point to, hey, like we look at how we played these last 15 minutes, and now you got to put that together for a full 40. And obviously, you have to go out and see them do it tonight. But they seemed pretty encouraged by the way they played in the last 15 minutes. They really locked in on the defensive end, and by doing that, it, it led to to their offense. So, um, Coach Patterson said she told Alicia Doyle at half, or after the game, like she felt like she was shooting with her soul in the second half, and it looked different, and that's why the results were different. And so. Uh, I think today they just got to come out. It's going to take a good start. You can't, you know, they got out to an early lead the other day, but you can't dig too big of a hole uh, into the first quarter. And then really it's, it's kind of, if you can create some momentum in that first quarter, you need to sustain it into the second quarter because that was another one. They kind of got caught there in the second quarter and things got out of hand. But, yeah, if you take that last 15 minutes of play, uh, if you're Coach Patterson and the Red Hawks, like you, you put that together for a full 30, 40 minutes, like you're, you're in pretty good shape, I think, this afternoon. Yeah, Alicia Doyle with a career high 31 points in the victory. On Thursday night, so look, this is a winnable game for the SEMO women. SEMO uh, three and eight in conference, Tennessee State at four and seven. So this is a game they need to get back on track. Doyle uh, trying to to help lead them. Julia Green and wear pink. If you're going out today, it's the play for K games. Wear pink. Uh, going out to support K Yao Cancer Fund uh, at the Show Me Center. So again, 54th meeting between the two schools of Tennessee State, and again. You always like the, the home cooking, a chance to play at home, and hopefully that can help you. On the men's side, too, it's a little bit of a homecoming. Uh, Kenyon Hodges uh, is That's at right. Tennessee State now, so he'll be making another trip to the Show Me Center. Um, I imagine the the Cape Central fans will probably be out to, to welcome him back. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it should be on both ends. It should be a good game today, and um, both teams need to continue to win. Obviously, the the women have lost five straight, and they, they need to find a way to, to get back on the winning side of things. And, on the men's side, you're just looking to see if they can string together two good performances. Like, they played well Thursday, but now can you string that together and play well again today? And, and I think, you know, if they just pick up a couple more wins, I think they find themselves in the tournament. And 
you saw last year, anything can happen as long as you get in the tournament. So we'll see. Evan Ursher stepped into the starting lineup. I thought he was excellent, 16 points. He's really playing well. B.J. Ward has really emerged, and also Bell has emerged as some guards for SEMO off the bench. So getting that, getting that extra uh, uh, contribution for some, of their, for some of their depth is important for SEMO. Of course, Aquan Smart, uh, he did not play Thursday night. He's questionable here today. So I don't know if he'll be in there. Uh, the chance to play. So if he's not, some guy's going to have to step up. And, it, and and same type of deal, Clay. Uh, continue to play hard-nosed, tough defense. And, and I think that also, too, the last matchup against uh, Tennessee State, Josh Hurley uh, had had an excellent game. I think he's the he's the guy. you got to continue to try to, to get it down low to him and, and get him some work early. And let's see if the offense can get going here today. Yeah, you know, on the Aquan Smart front, I know he hasn't had the year he probably wanted, you know, on the offensive end of things, but just from the standpoint of having him in the lineup as a guy that has played in some big games and he has the experience, and from a leadership perspective, that's a, that's a huge hole to fill, but you see some guys be able to step up and, and fill that role, and, and today it'll be a, a tough task, you know, uh, Tennessee State um, coming in on the road. I, I think that's a team that always plays SEMO tough, and I think any conference game you could really say that for. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they can continue their hot shooting, I, I think they're in a they're in a pretty all right spot, and I think that's the the big thing is can they put together two performances in a row that are that are good performances? I think that's probably been the biggest knock on them is when they play good, they usually don't play good in the next game. But hey, I mean, get to the point of the year where it's winning time, and I, I think a team that has that winning pedigree from last year, I think this is kind of the point in the year where you got to show it, and I think good things will happen uh, this afternoon at the Show Me Center for both men's and women's. Look forward to it. And also, SEMO baseball will be starting in about a week. So I know uh, on the sports huddle uh, next week, Clay, uh, Eric Sean, and Jess Bowen, they'll be talking with Andy Sawyers and talking to him, previewing the uh, SEMO baseball season. They're a team that were picked third in the OVC. So again, SEMO athletics is uh, you know doing pretty well. You'd like to see the basketball teams you know find a way to end on a good note here, but uh, should be should be good. So Clay. Fun show today. Appreciate the time, man. Good job. It's good to be back. It was good a couple back. weeks. It was like I said, it was, couldn't find the place to first come in here, but <laughs> but we're back. Uh, everybody enjoyed the Super Bowl. Like I said, I did say the Chiefs were going to win. So if you're like the one and four, as Rusty said, the bet that place a bet on the Super Bowl, consider uh, going against me. But yeah, I do knows? I do think the Chiefs win this game tomorrow, and uh, yeah, it'll be a fun one. All right. So for Clay Harrell, I'm Rusty Hendricks. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Take care. Uh, Good luck to the SEMO basketball teams today, and have fun for your Super Bowl. Stay safe out there. Have a good weekend. You've been listening to the SEMO Scramble on SEMO ESPN Radio. You've been listening to the SEMO Scramble on SEMO ESPN. Tune in every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 for a dash of hometown pride right here on the SEMO Scramble. Yes, don't miss the latest news, scores, and stories that matter most to local sports enthusiasts. From the Blue Hill and beyond. Right here on SEMO ESPN, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, the SEMO ESPN app, and at SEMOESPN.com.